Hello, welcome to Aging Ungracefully. Today we are talking about aging and fitness and there's a lot of assumptions about aging and fitness. So where would you like to start, Paul? Well, I'd like to start uh, in uh, exercise and discernment. Uh, when, when, as you, as the, as things fall off, um, do you blame age or do you blame fitness and, and, uh, what actually happens as a result of age? Yeah, there's a lot of blaming. I'm getting older, but perhaps it's, um, not completely responsible for the changes. There definitely is some change, uh, but it is, um, there is a range of things and what happens as we age. And we're going to start with uh, what we know and what we don't know. And everybody responds a little bit differently. So, you know, take this um, with a grain of salt. It might not be 100% applicable to you, but... These are guidelines. Yeah, exactly. We're following, we're following the science. We're fo we love science. <laughs> so, what happens? Some things are unavoidable and some things can be slowed down. Uh, I stress the scientific training plans because there's um, no shortage of unscientific training plans. Uh, and there are things that you can change, but they do require my favorite word, consistency. Um, and some things are just a consequence of being sedentary, which we know uh, we are typically more sedentary as we get older, even though some of that could just be because you have a job, so you have to sit down more. Uh, but the best part is that it's easier the younger you start. Um, and if you keep active, you can improve and maintain your current state. Uh, if you start later, uh, the difference probably won't be as great as if you were starting younger, but the effect on your health can be really significant. So that's really important. Um, fitness actually can be divided into two categories. Most people just think of fitness as a thing, but uh, if we're going to be scientific, let's be scientific about it. Uh, the two categories of fitness are health and performance, and there's five components to the health health of um, uh, uh, fit, fitness and health, sorry. So cardiovascular fitness, strength, uh, must, endurance, flexibility, and body composition are all components of fitness oh. in regards to your health. Exactly. So well, why don't we start with health? All right. One of the questions I have is um, uh, how do you know that um, or what's optimum? I mean, this is a word that I use a lot uh, because I, I'm trying to achieve optimum fitness for some guy who's 70 years old, uh, who's been kind of uh, inconsistent uh, throughout the years. Um, what, um, what is optimum? I mean, is there a way of a determining that or is it the same thing for everybody or a different thing for everybody? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, it, it, I guess it depends on what you what you want. I mean, if we're going to look at cardiovascular fitness, let's start with that because optimum can be um, a lot of things to a lot of people. But optimum cardiovascular fitness really should be critical to everyone because it's basically you know what your heart and lungs and blood vessels and muscles do when they exercise. So 
you know, how well do they use energy? How well do they um, use oxygen? How well do they transport between systems? So your overall fitness depends on your relationship between your heart and your lungs and your muscles. And so all these systems working together efficiently would be optimum. And uh, that, you know, that sort of is what the um, World Health Organization or the Canada Fitness Guidelines are, you know, that 150 minutes a week. That's not optimum, that's minimum. So everything else after that uh, is up to you. Optimum, minimum, minimum, optimum, premium. Premium, exactly. Um, everyone has probably heard me say like a million times, uh, you cannot do too much exercise, almost. Um, you know, there is, a, there is a point where the health and fitness benefits drop off, but they drop off so slightly that it's more about um, becoming injured or getting sick because you're, you know, not recovering. It's not because the health and fitness benefits go away. It's that you're not giving yourself enough time to recover from that exercise. So you need to do well over seven hours a week of cardiovascular fitness before you get any decrease in benefit. And the decrease is so slight. So you, do, you, do you have to be more careful about exercising vigorously the older you are? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, yes and no. It depends on where you started. So if you have been exercising vigorously for years, why would you change that? If you just started exercising, then like everyone else, you don't want to increase more than 10% a week because that's when we get injured or, you know, can't recover from exercise. So 10% would be based on what you're doing now. So if you're, you know, uh, walking 20 minutes a day, that's only two more minutes a day. 10% is a very small change. But if you're running for an hour, you know, then you get an extra six minutes a day. <laughs> We always want to think in huge jumps, but it's just the tiny, tiny changes. So that's cardiovascular optimum or uh, minimum. Uh, the other ones on the uh, health component list, strength, endurance, flexibility, body composition. Um, how, would you, uh, how would you address those? Uh, well, they're really, I mean, there's, there's huge differences in, in lots of those things in terms of um, how well we build strength. So we know that we never are going to build as much strength later that if we started early. Um, so I always kind of hesitate when I say that because we have a big window of opportunity when we start strength training. If you haven't done any strength training, then you know you have this giant window of opportunity and um, you should notice benefits along the way and then you should get to a point where uh, you're just maintaining and there's no reason why you can't maintain most of your strength. However, I've been strength training for 25 years and I can still increase the weight. So that goes against everything I just said. I shouldn't be able to, I should be just maintaining my strength. Now for the last two months, I haven't been maintaining my strength at all. <laughs> However, um, That's because you're injured. No, it's because I can't go to the gym. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I mean, I can do body weight training, but you know, if you're, that's sort of going backwards for me. If you started with nothing, then body weight training would be an increase. Um, but uh, so even though we're saying, you know what, um, 
it, it sh you should get to a point and just maintain, it, it doesn't really, you know, doesn't often always work that way. Right. Okay. So that's, um, that's the health components. Then there are the performance related components. And this, this looks to me like uh, the sort of thing that uh, deteriorates uh, as you age, balance, coordination, speed, reaction time, agility, power, uh, you know, I mean, uh, 20 versus a 20 year old versus a seven year old, you can tell uh, who's going to win those, uh, those categories. Uh, perhaps, but there's, there's way too many things about um, those things that are related to the health components. So strength is a, you know, how strong you are is going to, you know, increase your balance, your coordination, your speed, speed and reaction time are going to go down after your 30. But, you know, we haven't even really um, seen like, what are some of the big differences when it comes to, you know, uh, exercise and aging. And we know that all of these things will change, but they don't, and they change with age, but they don't necessarily change at the same rate. And we don't see the difference um, in people because we're taking into account their chronological age as opposed to their physiological age. So chronological age, how many years you've been on the planet. Physiological age is based on your fitness, your weight, um, you know, how much exercise you get now. And those changes in your health component, which do affect the fitness component, are associated with your uh, physiological age, not necessarily your chronological age. So the science isn't totally clear. There's way too many lifestyle factors involved. If we're just talking, you know, going back to cardiovascular fitness, if we're just talking about your heart and lungs, the stiffness of your arteries is considered to, you know, to age you. Uh, stiffness of your arteries will happen if you have high blood pressure, if you are overweight, if you don't exercise, and if you have a terrible diet. So there's so many components. The process of aging is a continuum and um, it affects everybody differently, depends on their uh, genetics, their environment, um, what they do. So any given individual may be aging more rapidly or more slowly. because We all know the young 70 year olds, Paul, and the old 40 year olds. So although we cannot, yeah, that's right. Although our reaction time will slow down, um, our speed, our agility, our coordination, our balance, they're all related to how much muscle we have. So if I was going to ask you about your cardiovascular fitness, what would you say is the biggest change? If you, ha if you think there's a change, what would you say it would be in the uh, last million years that you've been running? The last million years, uh, for me, the um, the uh, canary in the in the coal mine is going up hills. Um, okay. It's a, you know, and, and there's a there's like a package of stuff that happens when I go up hills. Uh, I, I shortness of breath increases. Uh, I don't have the same um, sort of leg power that I had when when I was uh, in my prime, and uh, you know there were times where I could scoot up hills. Now I cannot scoot up hills. Now I survive hills. Um. So. If you could tell me what is the biggest part of fitness that you have been most consistent at for the last 40 years? You mean like running up hills? 
yeah, like what do you, what have you done consistently for four, more or less? I know you've been fairly consistent, but what kind of exercise have you done more or less for 40 years? Running. Right. So that's a perfect example of, you know, you use it or lose it. So if you're just running, you're just using those muscles over and over again, you're not increasing the strength. So it is harder to gain muscle. I know that you've been doing it lately, but if you maintain a strength program, I'm not saying you're going to scamper up a hill like you're 20, but if, why not? What good are you? I know, <laughs> maybe you'll scamper up a hill like you're 50. <laughs> I, I go for that. I buy that. Exactly. So muscle, loss of muscle mass in strength does not occur as much in people who exercise regularly. And especially if you do strength training, um, people who are exercising, um, you know, you don't increase your body fat, you don't increase, uh, you know, um, cholesterol. Uh, men don't decrease their testosterone when they keep uh, strength training and exercising. Um, so exercise extends beyond the muscle. Um, you've heard me tell you this, I don't know how many times, but if you have more muscle, you have more reserve to draw upon. If you're doing endurance activity, really you only use about 40% of your muscle when you're doing endurance activity. So if you have a bigger pool to draw on, you're going to get less you know, fatigue, you're going to have be more economical. So we refer to exercise economy as how efficiently you use the muscle and um, fuel and oxygen. So the more muscle you have, it's like having a super fuel efficient car in perfectly good working order, as opposed to, um, you know, driving something that hasn't had an oil change for 25 years. So what does it take to acquire these here muscles? training. <laughs> going to the gym. Going to the gym. Well, or not right now. At not least going to the gym. Not yeah. going to the gym. Um, you know, and people lose muscle for a lot of reasons, but mostly because we're not using them. And there's so much evidence now to suggest that those, what we used to think of as age-related changes are really just sedentary living-related changes. Um, and we're really good at making things easier to do. And it's inactivity is accelerating muscle aging. So in our muscle cells, there's mitochondria. Mitochondria are like the fuel cell of your muscle. And a lack of exercise decreases their efficiency, but also the number. So you want lots of mitochondria. They're like the fuel cells of your mitochondria and exercise promotes mitochondrial health and makes more of them. And that doesn't matter how old you are. So we know that there's um, a really strong correlation between a protein involved in shaping our mitochondria and a decrease in muscle mass and force in elderly subjects and senior athletes. Um, but senior is like, seriously senior athletes. So it's more, you know, that decrease is, you know, accelerated with inactivity. Um, you can prevent and stop it. You can grow new mitochondria. The younger you start, the easier it is. Um, and, but it's not too late to make a change. You just aren't going to see the same, you know, effect later you start. 
maybe a good place for a lot of people to start is to determine their physiological age so they get a sense of where they stand, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I re it's really easy to know your chronological age. People send you birthday greetings on Facebook. So, um, <laughs> but it's not so easy to find your physiological age, I don't think. How do you and do that? There's a really good quiz and I will um, put the link on the recording that you can put in how much you exercise, what type of exercise you do. You don't need any special equipment to do the quiz. It's, you know, you can just answer the questions and it will tell you your chronological age and your physiological age. And one handy of the, reference. Handy reference. So my guide, I take the quiz every year. So my guide is not to get uh, older in terms of physiolog physiology. I want my physiological age to be the same as I, as I age chronologically. And really an, an easy way that could be measured at your doctor's office if they, if they um, wanted to do preventative medicine is to measure your grip strength. Now, most people don't have a grip strength, but we probably all remember doing it in high school when you grabbed that thing and you saw how many pounds of pressure you could squeeze. Grip strength is, a, is considered a vital sign because muscle mass and loss of muscle mass um, is linked with frailty and reduced immune system, falls, balance and coordination loss. Um, there's, you know, when you were talking about, uh, you know, fitness components like balance, one of the most interesting things to me is that there's all sorts of people selling you uh, balance programs. There's two exercises. Now the balance programs, there's nothing wrong with them. You get to test, you know, how good I, am I at doing these things. But the, there's two exercises um, that you can do in your living room that improve balance better than anything else. So squats, king of all exercises, uh, because they use the biggest muscle groups in your legs. So the better strength in your legs, the more balance you have. And calf raises, so you're just going up on your toes and back down. If you have a step, you can go so your heel goes past your toes and back because the muscles in your feet, um, you know, respond to changes as you move. So you want them to be, you know, um, aware and alert to changes so that you can respond. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of kinds of balance, like the balance when somebody bumps into you or um, when you are falling, like, we could talk about balance for an hour and I'm happy to do that. But those two exercises are the, give you the biggest bang for your buck when you, if you want to improve your balance is simply doing calf raises and squats, you know, three times a week, two sets of 10. Three times a week, two sets of 10. I think there's a question from the floor. Or is is there, there a question from the floor? <laughs> no, there is not. Oh, there's okay. That run uphill like a sewing machine. Yeah, that's what Brad, Brad might want to explain that. Ran up the hill like a sewing machine. So I just want to show, and you know, lots of people have probably seen this slide, but you know, it's really easy for me to say, um, it's it's just a matter of being active or inactive. Um, but this is a slide that is of a you know a quad muscle. So looking through your leg, and it's from the New York Times, so it's not one of the ones I've shown lots of times, but um, it's basically, you know, muscle loss is the new epidemic. So we have 
uh, a, a quad muscle. So the, the little white dot in the middle is your bone. Then the muscle is the sort of brown. And then the subcutaneous fat or the fat just under your skin is the white around the outside. And then the one beside it, obviously the muscle is a lot less and the fat is a lot more. This is not an older person. This is what we used to associate with aging, but this is someone in their late 30s. So muscle loss is a really serious issue for all ages. It's just that we used to only notice it with older people. And it's, it doesn't need to be um, you know, uh, a, an effect of aging because it's the use it or lose it. And this is the one that everyone who's ever done anything with me has seen probably a million times, but I'm gonna show it again because it just shows that, you know, there's a 40 year old triathlete, there's a 74 year old sedentary person and a 74 year old triathlete. So the difference is strictly activity. So, you know, you want, you want your leg to look like the 74 year old triathlete, not the 74 year old sedentary person. So we can see that really there's almost no difference in the 40 year old triathlete as opposed to the 74 year old triathlete, except that the 40 year old actually has a little bit more fat mass than the 74 year old. Patty has a question. Let's get to that. Is the one on the right after diet more fat? Um, this, that one with the, uh, the muscle loss um, wasn't showing someone, they weren't talking so much about their diet. They were just talking about people are, are showing these signs of aging because of inactivity at a younger and younger age. So they weren't uh, necessarily someone who had lost weight. They just had never maintained or gained any muscle, which is critical for your health and it's critical for your fitness at every age. So we start to lose muscle around 30-ish. Um, and you know, it's harder for women to build muscle. So it's really important that they they do it. So sarcopenia is the word that is um, we call muscle loss. And it, you know, it Aging in a muscle has a number of factors, um, including that we're not stimulating the muscle so it doesn't grow. So mitochondrial dysfunction, we're not using our mitochondria, and that can be cardiovascular or strength training. Um, decline in protein quality, so we're eating a terrible diet. I, we, you know, everybody says, oh, you need more protein. Typically, most people eat way too much protein, but it may be um, not the best quality. So, you know, or uh, whole foods, like I always say. Uh, protein powder is not gonna help you. You don't actually know what's in a jar of protein powder. Protein supplements aren't regulated. So, you know, it's kind of the wild west of, of taking your chances. Um, but loss of muscle mass is, you know, associated with muscle weakness. So it makes carrying out daily activities harder, such as climbing stairs or getting up from a chair or lifting your own groceries. So what happens when those things get harder? We do them less often, which leads to more muscle loss, regardless of how old you are. So it's easy to get into that vicious cycle of it's hard, so I don't do it, so I lose more muscle. And we know that exercise can stave off and reverse muscle loss and weakness at every age. Um, and that physical activity can promote our mitochondrial health and increase protein turnover 
and restore all the levels of molecules that are involved in muscle function. Um, so we know what goes wrong with aging, but we know that exercise can slow that. And we're just sort of, you know, teasing out how much is actually inevitable and at what age is it inevitable and how much is lifestyle. And we're certainly not doing ourselves any favors um, with our lifestyle because we're making it easier and easier and easier to be inactive. And I can't stress enough how important strength training is. And um, lots of you have heard me talk about the American College of Sports Medicine Conference I went to last year where they were, I have never heard them so, you know, promoting strength training so much as the uh, best thing you can do for your health because everyone can do some form of it in their house with almost no equipment. You don't have to be in a safe neighborhood and to go for a walk. Like there's so many benefits and we really have neglected, um, you know, promoting it and getting people to do it. Uh, and even, you know, even the World Health Organization or the Canadian or American fitness guidelines are, you know, 150 minutes of cardiovascular exercise and, you know, two days of, of uh, strength training. And it really should be promoted as a way to maintain your cardiovascular fitness and your health and your mobility as you age. A COVID-related question. Yeah. Um, if you uh, manage to get your physiological age down, can you get it below the risk factor level? Well, isn't that a good question? So look at the people who have recovered who are older. Have you seen those people? They look pretty good. Um, so we know that immune system changes as we get older are related to lifestyle changes. We know that having high blood pressure, um, being overweight, having type 2 diabetes, having um, uh, sort of inflammatory um, lung disease, all sorts of things are risk factors. So yes, I would say that's probably true. There's not enough information to you know, state uh, that it's absolutely true, but the healthier and fitter you are, then you can drop your risk factor. So if you're physiologically 30, I would say your risk factors are probably, you know, closer to your, uh, not to your chronological age. So I'm going to go put my Defying Gravity t-shirt on and go do Exercise? Some yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I kind of feel like a broken record to say you need to be consistent. Everyone, 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 everyone should do some kind of strength training. Um, and that, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not magic overnight. You can't hack it. You can't just do something and then expect the benefits to be immediate. You actually do get some immediate benefits. Our body is very forgiving. But um, because we don't see the change, often that's hard to keep doing it, but you, your body notices the change, you will, you know, you will reap those benefits quite soon. And, you know, especially for women who are so afraid to lift a heavy weight, please just do it. Like start where you can, but you know, I, you cannot get big. You, you just cannot. I can bench press a hundred pounds. Like, I'm not, I'm not a very large person. Like, make it hard. You know, you want to be straight, you want to be strong. The, 
I, you know, I wrote a blog post a while ago saying the F word is the thing that I fear more than anything. And, you know, it's being frail. Frailty is being, you know, that's when you see, you know, all of the, um, you know, all the things that come with aging. You can't do, you can't be mobile, you can't be independent, you can't, you know, recover. Um, you know, the muscle is a, is a really, really strong indicator of how healthy you are. So uh, go make some. Sounds like a, so, sounds like a plan. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs>